0: Good morning, everyone. So I don't always know why, but... So I grew up in Littleton, but for some reason, people always think I'm from Boulder. Why are you laughing? (laughs) You know something I don't. But I I did go to the University of Colorado in Boulder, and I I love Boulder. I just love Colorado. And... Maybe the reason people think I'm from Boulder is I hate shoes. The only reason I'm wearing shoes right now is because I love God and I love you, and I think it's like a bad example if I wear flip-flops in church. By the way, Birkenstocks, have you noticed? They were so hip like when I was in high school, and they're back. It's really good. But I do, uh, there's a bit of hippie in me, I guess, and uh, today I want to start and to get you thinking about a major theme in today's readings, I want to share with you and remind you of a hippie song. So, in 1970, some of you know this. In many of you will know the song. In 1970, Joni Mitchell wrote a song called "Big Yellow Taxi." And some of you who are younger, you might not know that. There's a um, you might not know that song, but there's a cover of it by the Counting Crows. So, if you don't, I was listening to this just before mass. I was like, yeah. It's a great song. Anyway, the the chorus of the song says this. It says, Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Oom, bop, bop, bop. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what it relates to, no, just kidding. It's a great song, and I want you to think about that today. The, the story I was looking up is very simple. Joni Mitchell was actually in Hawaii, and she literally had that experience. She said she, she was interviewed, and she woke up one morning from her hotel, and she threw open the, the windows, and she looked outside, and there's this gorgeous mountain in, in Hawaii. And on the other side, her other view was a bunch of parking lots. We all know that's true, don't we? There's a, uh, America's National Parks, there's a popular kind of assertion right now that says that the national parks in America are the best idea our country ever had. And there's something to that. Right? There's something about <clears throat> sacred spaces, places where we feel a need to protect them because for all the good that happens through building a commercial enterprise, and homes, and all those good things, there's a point where we have to protect something. There's something about that. Now, in in the Bible, brothers and sisters, at this point, right, Joni Mitchell, I don't know if she's Catholic, or I don't even know if she's still alive or not, actually. But um, her song is certainly Catholic. She's capturing a Catholic principle. And the point I want to make today, and that the Bible is so big on this, the Jews knew this, is that what Joni Mitchell was driving at is that the world is never going to stop asking for more. It always wants more. Right? Denver is gonna keep growing because someone, you know, is gonna want to get ahead in life. And not that's not evil, it's just a normal human tendency. Things expand, they keep growing. And in the Old Testament, one of the best stories that illustrates this, and you know this story, is in Exodus 5, when the Jews are in slavery, Moses goes to Pharaoh, and the first thing he asks Pharaoh for, everybody thinks, you know, Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh and they say, you know, Pharaoh, let us go. It's all about going to the promised land. And that's actually not what Moses asks for. When Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh, what they, ask God for, or what they ask Pharaoh for is they ask him to let them go for three days. And the reason they ask for three days is they say, we need to go into the wilderness to worship God. So the Exodus story, and most, of, most people, we forget this. The Exodus story is not about freedom merely in a physical sense. The culmination of the whole Exodus story is about worshiping God. So in Exodus 5, Pharaoh responds, and he says, It says, That day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen, You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks, as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, right? You're going to keep making bricks, and all that we asked of you before. You're going to do the same, but we're not even going to give you straw for the bricks. Pharaoh says, They are idle, therefore they cry, Let us go and offer sacrifice to our God. Let heavier work be laid upon the men, that they may labor at it and pay no regard to lying words. And here's the simple point I want to make, brothers and sisters. The Jews, right, they worship on Saturdays. And if you follow the Exodus story, we don't know 100%, but if you read it carefully, it looks like the 10 plagues that God inflicts on Egypt happen every Sabbath. Right? They happen once a week. They happen every Saturday. And the reason they happen there is because Saturday is the day of worship It belongs to God. And Pharaoh wants to claim Sabbath for himself. So God gives the Jews two big things that help them say no to the world. The world always wants more. Your boss, you guys always want more of my time. You're the world. Stay away from me, right? The world wants more. It wants to to create a total dominance in your life, right? I always say the main reason people don't follow God is not because they're evil, it's not because they're doing sinful things, it's because they fill their lives with other things and there's no room for God. Dostoevsky has a famous line in the Brothers Karamazov where he says, the real problem is that there's only 24 hours in the day. God didn't give us enough time to get all our work done let alone repent. Our lives are so full, the world always wants more. So God gives the Jews two laws that help them create space for Him. The first thing He gives them is the Sabbath. So Saturday for Jews and Sundays for Christians is a space, it's a fence where we say no to the world we say you know what the world always wants more there's always more to do i always have more emails in my inbox but this space belongs to god that's what one of the many reasons that sabbath is so important and one of the signs that we are becoming an atheistic country is that sunday no longer matters there's no room for God. Sunday's just one day like any other day. Another day to make another dollar. It's not a day where we remember that we're more than money makers. But there were men and women with hearts and souls created for more. That's the first law of Sabbath. The second thing is the main theme of our gospel. The second thing that God gives the Jews is the temple. So Sabbath puts a fence around time. It creates a day that says no, and it says this time belongs to God. The temple creates a space that is sacred. Right? That's why churches, brothers and sisters, need to look different. Right? That's why it actually matters that we're making and we're renovating our church and making it beautiful. When you walk into the cathedral, I've been in the cathedral a fair amount recently. When you walk into the cathedral, you remember that you're different. Our cathedral has more stained glass windows than any church in the United States. If you haven't been there, you can't be Catholic. Just kidding. But you gotta go, you gotta see it. When you walk into a beautiful church, you look up and you there's beauty. And you remember somewhere in your soul, something inside of you comes alive and it says, Oh, yeah, I wasn't created to be efficient or productive, to get more things done, to have a nicer house, to get my car payment paid off. There's something inside of you that remembers that you were made for something more. So God gives the Jews the temple. And the temple is that place that doesn't belong to the world, it belongs to God. And the Jews go there and they remember they weren't made to make bricks. Right? And they they were made for more than just their biological day-to-day life. They were made for God. And you have to understand that if you're going to understand today's gospel. So here's where it turns. The temple, and there's a a million more things we could say, but the temple is the most important place on earth for a Jew. When we all go to Israel together, this is going to be a really big group, by the way. When we go to Israel, we'll go to the Wailing Wall, right? And the Wailing Wall, you've all seen it on the news. That place, right, the, the Jews go there, it's the most sacred place on earth for them. They put prayers in between the huge stones in the wall. Why? Because that's the closest place they can be to where the temple once stood. The temple is everything to a Jew. Absolutely everything. And so today, Jesus goes into the temple and he casts out the money changers. I was laughing. We have these like coloring pages for kids now. And the one for this week is like a cartoon Jesus with this big whip. Like, yeah, that's great for kids, you know. <laughs> this is what happens when you go to confession, you know. And it's just this great thing. But anyway, Jesus goes into the temple, and he cleanses it. And so, what, you have to know this. In Mark's gospel, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, the Pharisees and the elders come to him, and he's hanging there, and he's dying. You know what they say to him? They mock him, and they say, you who would destroy the temple and raise it in three days. If you are the Messiah, come down from the cross. That's Mark 15. In Mark 14, when Jesus is on trial in front of Caiaphas, the high priest, the accusation against him is that he spoke against the temple and said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will rebuild it. One of the reasons, there are many reasons, but one of the reasons, brothers and sisters, that Jesus was crucified is today's gospel. It's because the most important thing on earth to the Jews, Jesus condemns today in our gospel. And if you're going to get this, if you're going to understand what God wants to say to us today, you have to understand why that's so important. Why it's so necessary for us as Christians that Jesus did this. Now here's here's where it moves to the next step. You and I, right, Jesus doesn't merely destroy the temple. There's a tendency among some Christians to say, oh, you know, all those buildings and those physical things, they don't matter. You and I don't believe that. That's not true. We have bodies. God created them good. We need physical things. But Jesus, today, there's going to be a new temple, right? Destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it. But he spoke of the temple of his body, of his body. The new temple that you and I share in is the body of Jesus Christ. Here's what St. Peter says. In 1 Peter 2, he says this. He says, Come to him, right? Come to Jesus, that living stone, rejected by men, but in God's sight chosen and precious. Jesus is the stone. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house. What's a spiritual house? That's a phrase that's used for the temple. Brothers and sisters, the day you were baptized, you were baptized into the body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ is the new temple because it's the place where God dwells. And the day you were baptized, you were baptized and you became a member of the body of Christ, which is why in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6... St. Paul says not only that Jesus is the new temple, he says you are. You are the new temple. You are the place where God lives. What does that mean? What does that mean for us? How do we draw this all together? Brothers and sisters, have you paved paradise and put up a parking lot? So many of us today, myself included, we have no space for God. People are not atheists because they've thought carefully through the arguments. Those do matter, but we have much better arguments. People are not atheists because of the arguments. They're atheists because they have no room in their lives, in their hearts, and their souls for God. Because we have paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Your soul is a paradise for God. it is an Eden. It is a place that God desires to live in. If you live if you go through life, let me quote NT Wright N T Wright, I was praying this morning during my Joni Mitchell song. just kidding I didn't really have that on. He says this, the shoulder-shrugging functionalism. What does that mean? It means that, the, and he's talking about architecture, that we should only build buildings that are functional, not that are beautiful. So the shoulder-shrugging functionalism of post-war architecture, that's one piece, coupled with a passivity born of decades of television. Isn't that us? Don't build a beautiful building. Build a strip mall. How many churches today are in strip malls? And then, all, and then we watch television all the time. Has meant that for many people, the world appears to offer little but bleak urban landscapes on the one hand. And on the other hand, tawdry entertainment. I don't know what tawdry means, but I'm kind of inferring it. And here's the key line. When people cease to be surrounded by beauty, they cease to hope. When people cease to be surrounded by beauty, they cease to hope. Your soul is the new temple. But if you fill your soul with noise, if you have the radio on all the time, if you have television on all the time, if Sunday is just one more day like every other, you begin to feel like you're not really fully human. And that is our society today. People are atheists not because of arguments, but because they have paved over the paradise in their souls. When you, as a Christian, brothers and sisters, when you encounter truth, goodness, and beauty, you feel alive again. Your soul comes alive. I can't encourage you to this enough. This morning, right now I do my holy hour first thing every day. And you all can't do that. I know that. Some of you can. Most of you, when you get married and you have kids, I understand. You can't wake up and have silence unless you get up at like 3 a.m. I understand that. But do you have some? When you go to mass on after mass on Sundays, do you go home and it's just another day? Do you go shopping? Do you just throw on the TV? Do you have a space in your heart and your soul that belongs to God? This morning when I was praying and I had my Bible open and I'm in my chapel, I just felt like a human being again. I remember that I am not made to answer emails. I'm not made to build a new church. I'm not made to be efficient. There's meaning to my life. I was made to share in the truth, the goodness, the beauty, and the love of God. And that fills my soul with peace and joy and contentment. Last point today, and I just want to leave you with this. Why does Jesus, why does he do this in the temple? Why does he he cast out the animals and he overturns the money changers' tables? Why does he do that? Some people think it's because, well, the money changers are oppressing the poor. And they might have been. That might be part of it. But that's not the main reason. Why Jesus does what he does today, brothers and sisters, is because the temple never worked. The temple is the place that atones for sin. But it didn't. There's one sacrifice that atones for sin. It is not sheep or goats or oxen or turtle doves. It is the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So two, la- two practical consequences. Brothers and sisters, this is why we wear Mass every Sunday. Every Sunday. There's one sacrifice that takes away for sins, and it's not your good conduct. It's not your love of the poor. Those are good things, and you need to do them. The only sacrifice that takes away our sins is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on this altar. And Sunday has to be different for you. If you want your soul to be a paradise, if you want to live for more than efficiency and productivity, if you want to have a soul that's filled with truth and meaning and goodness and beauty, and with God himself, you have to create space for him. So, Jesus, Lord, remind us that we are more than animals. We do not exist just to eat, sleep, and fornicate. We do not exist to be efficient. We do not exist to work. Lord, you have created a paradise in the soul of every human being. Lord, may our Sundays belong to you and you alone. Jesus, may our hearts, our minds, our bodies, may they be temples of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, may you walk in the paradise that you have created in each of us.